Hi, hello again. Good to see you. I thought we would start with actually mentioning some of the uh, the comments that we've had uh, back from uh, last week. So uh, here's a few of the encouragements. I want to say thank you for that. Uh, just wanted to let you know I watched your online service. Uh, it's a hard time. I think we're all feeling anxious, but it was good to get some grounding and to remember the background that God is in control. And with each of us as we go through this, seek first the kingdom of God. Another person said, without wishing to sound sappy, I don't remember any of my church ministers having the ability to reach out and hold people's doubts and fears. Foregrounds and backgrounds. I get that. And I felt a little emotional watching and listening. Keep doing your broadcasts. I'm going to keep tuning in, albeit that I'm a damned heathen. Another person said, really enjoyed your Mother's Day YouTubing. Great messages, engaging and blooming funny. I thought you were talking to me directly. Another person said, we really enjoyed your talk. It was lovely to hear stuff from the Bible as I don't know much about what is said in there. My eight-year-old daughter found it very funny with the chocolates. We really liked the message with the candles and the poem was really nice. I'd really like to share the candle message, but I don't know how. Another couple said, we're blessed through watching your video, Coronavirus, Where's God, uh, this morning. It's going to get tougher, but our faith will undergird us. Thank you for including the likes of us who are not members of your own church and yet made to feel so incredibly welcome. That's just a few comments and I deliberately wanted to read those out because none of those were from any of our own uh, church folk at all. So uh, thank you uh, for joining us. Thank you for those comments from last week as well. OK, so what's going on from around the world? Well, we've had a couple that's just come back uh, from Spain. They're a part of the church. And David and Pat said this. They said, our time in Spain was not as we had hoped for. The sun seemed to be self-isolating, but the rain was everywhere. Our daily good book, Explore, Bible reading, <clears throat> Bible reading took us to Lamentations in the Old Testament. Chapter one, verse one. How deserted lies the city? Once so full of people. How like a widow is she who once was great among the nations. Everything was close, they continued, just as everywhere is his now. So much like the area that we were in. We find it amazing how our Bible readings seem so very relevant to how our lives are at the time. And we've got one of our members who also lives out in America as well. And this is how things are out there, Nikki. Hello there, this is Nikki, Dee's daughter all the way from California. How is the pandemic affecting California? Well, we've gone on to uh, every non-essential business is closed, it's salons, bars, restaurants, gyms, etc. We have stores that are open but allowing limited people inside at any one time and only purchase of one or two of the same items is allowed. We have a six feet mandatory social distancing order unless it's an immediate member of our family and no sh car sharing unless it's a member of our family. Just a few of the things. Churches are doing a lot of online services. The community is pulling together. I've seen love. I've seen compassion and community like never before. Hang in there, friends. This too shall pass. Love you guys all the way from California. Take care. Bye-bye. OK, well, I wonder how you felt when the Prime Minister announced to the nation on Monday evening total lockdown from that moment. I'm sure we'd have all expected this, 
but you may well have still felt a little bit of a dent when the news was formally communicated. I know I did. I could feel myself getting quite emotional. I'm normally a pretty upbeat, glass half full kind of guy, but I could feel my insides thinking, you know, this could be incredibly bad. The thought of what was looming engulfed me for a moment. By contrast, of course, next day, while many others were doing as they normally did, continuing as usual. I'm certainly glad that I want one of those on the tube going into London that day. Probably like me, you saw the pictures uh, with people maybe social distancing more at two centimetres than two metres. How are you coping with that? The whole self-isolating with only being allowed out once a day for minimal exercise. Some people, of course, are being very creative, it has to be said, in regard to their own form of exercise at home. I want to show you what one particular group have decided to do, being incredibly creative, even in their own kitchen. Take a look at this. Make me smile. And of course, you may well be one of the 850,000 people, I think it is, that's clicking on every day at nine o'clock uh, for Joe Wicks. Amazing, incredibly energetic guy pulling everybody together. Well, we're very grateful to uh, Joe Wicks to actually put a very brief session as a taster for you uh, here today. So take a look and maybe you can take part uh, this coming week. Here we go. <laughs> And it's just been spotted. Okay. <coughs> I thought from whenever it starts, I don't want people to see me face, first of all. But so that's why the first one I'll be stretch up and down. He's kind of cockney, so I'll be going back. I feel like status quo. Up and down. And then I'm going to be doing a few jumps, then a few bunny hops, backwards and forwards. Then I'll do this lunge, a few lunges, and then it'll be uh, a few, a few. Shout outs, I've got to remember that phrase. A few few shout outs. What was it? Uh, so, uh, then my daughter out in Australia, I thought it'd be nice. Um, Alan and Sally in New Zealand, Trolls Emmy. Uh, and then, then, uh, then the local one for an in house gag. This is on um, in shop, but I'm going to trim it out afterwards. So, you can put it on there so you can. Would that be easier for you just to look there? No, no, I've got it up there. If it's, yeah, honestly, it, it, it won't be that long a clip. So presumably I can start whenever and yeah. you'll just cut it. Okay. Up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Then reach for the stars, reach for the stars, reach for the stars. Reach for the stars and it's bunny hops. Come on, you can do the bunny hops backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. Look what you get, little bunnies, little bunnies, little bunnies, backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, little bunnies, little bunnies, little bunnies. And then we're like Spider-Man. We're gonna lunge. Shh, like Spider-Man, we're gonna lunge. Shh, like Spider-Man, we're gonna lunge. Shh, one more you can do, you can do it. Shh, you've done really, really well. That's really, really great. Okay, I think I've just got time now for some shout-outs. For some shout-outs. We got one from Ben, from Ben. From Ben Nevis, from Ben Nevis, so he's right out north in Scotland. We've got another one, there's a shout out here for Gemma, all the way out in Sydney, Australia. Thank you for tuning in. Who else? We've got another shout out here 
for Alan and Sally who are in New Zealand. Amazing, amazing. And get this, get this all the way from Castle Park, Dorchester. This is a shout out for Mr. Ian Blackie who says, I love the workout this morning. I can't wait until Monday. You come and join us, 9 o'clock on Monday morning. Okay, gotta go. Thanks so much for joining us. 9 o'clock Monday. Love you. See ya. Okay, well, the Bible is certainly in favour of exercise, stating physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. It's from a book called 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. In other words, great though it is to have a positive focus in the now, and that's what Joe Wicks is doing a fantastic uh, job in doing, not just health-wise, but in bringing people together by the thousand. Let's not lose sight of the fact that there is something indeed beyond this life, and that's even more important. Not a bad thing to reflect on when our whole attention right now is on the right now. Some people, as you will be aware, are not self-distancing or don't seem maybe that bothered by the various restrictions that have been put in place. Others are going by the book and doing their utmost to look out for others. Churches around the world have been working tirelessly to make a difference. Of course, the news, as ever, chooses not to profile that. But there's also been lots of good being done by loads of people not connected with any church. People of faith and people of no faith have been phoning friends, checking on neighbours, signing up to be an NHS volunteer. So what is it that makes the difference when we think of the God dynamic within this pandemic? If two groups of people can each do good things, what's the difference having a faith in God? Aren't both groups being Christian, even if some within one category wouldn't even want that as a title? Is life all about good works then? If there is anything after this life, does it all boil, down, all boil down to what we do? The short answer to that question is no. But before we explore that any further and what it is that makes a difference, we're going to be listening to God's word together. You can find today's reading in John chapter 6 which is in the New Testament. That's near uh, the beginning uh, of uh, the, the Bible, about three quarters of the way through it, actually. It's quite a long passage, so we've quite deliberately missed out uh, a few chunks uh, for the sake of time. Caroline is going uh, to read to us, but before she does that, the context is this, that Jesus has just fed the multitude, the 5,000. Now, it says 5,000 men, so there's probably a whole host of women and kids as well. With what? Well, just a few fish and a couple of loaves. And of course, a few days ago, any of us would have actually been very grateful for that if you'd gone down to your nearest supermarket. Now, and I don't know how he did it, by the way, either. I remember one guy saying to me once, hey, feeding all those people out of just a few loaves and a few fish. Nah, I don't think so. He'd have had to be God to have done that. Interesting words in that guy's dismissal. Many a true word may be spoken in jest. So there's been the feeding of the, of the multitude, the 5,000. You can read that at the beginning of John chapter 6. And then we, we hear that Jesus walks on water. Similar, I guess, 
to the magician Dynamo doing it over the River Thames. You may well have seen that a few years ago. And people can't work out how we got from one side of the lake to the other without a boat. Jesus then wants to grab the attention of the crowds and put that miracle into perspective. It's not just about hearing God's word about what happened then. But if this is God's living word, it's what then does that mean to the likes of you and me in this crazy world that we live in? So let's hear from Caroline now, reading some of those verses from John chapter 6. Thanks, Caroline. The reading is taken from John chapter 6 and beginning at verse 27. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the work God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread of heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which will I give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? On hearing it, many of his disciples said, This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave, me, leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. And that's the end of our passage today. Thank you for listening. Let's have a swig and me water. Well, Jesus tries to help them see that they're focusing on this life, on the material, when in fact they should have an eternal perspective. They want to know what they could do to please God. We all want to do the right thing. Well, most of us. OK, well, most of us would like to think so anyway. 
But Jesus cuts through all their topsy-turvy understanding by saying it's not about doing, but it's actually about believing. That's the starting point. I remember a scene towards the end of one of the Indiana Jones films when Harrison Ford is then asked this question. It's time to ask yourself what you believe in, Dr. Jones. Classic film. Maybe now is such a time for that question. The crowd, the crowd try him out on some theology and test him over the bread that Moses uh, that Moses provided in the desert. That account is back in Exodus chapter 16. That's towards the beginning of the Bible. You can read about it at your leisure. Jesus then has them where he wants them, right in the palm of his hand. So he says these words with conviction. It wasn't Moses that gave you the bread from heaven, but my father. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives light to the world. He's pointing to himself. Then here it comes. In one of the seven I am passages in John's gospel, Jesus then says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never grow hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty verse 35 his hearers wouldn't really get this at the time for our ear, ear, ears it maybe becomes even more clear as the passage then continues because he says in verse 47 the one who believes has eternal life we believe here at Dorchester Community Church that what he said is true remember the guy that I told you about earlier well he would have had to have been God to have done that well, he would have had to have been God to have said that too. That's the crux of the matter, really. It always is. Who do we think Jesus is? Who do you think he is? There are really only three options in response to all he claimed, which must either be true or false. I think that's a fair assumption. So either A, he knew what he claimed was false, in which case he was a liar, or B, he did not know that what he claimed was false, in which case he was some kind of crazy mixed up lunatic. Or C, what he claimed was actually true. In which case, it's back to us considering what we should then do about that. Just like it was for his own hearers back then. So let's just freeze frame that. <coughs> my impression of a freeze frame i'm sure you appreciated that back home now i have no idea what you feel or think about jesus because there's going to be loads of people watch watching this there will be loads of different thoughts loads of different amounts of knowledge that you would have had or read about him i'm sure but let me ask you this from what you know do you think he was a liar if he was then he misled loads and millions today are misguided me being one of them. But how come so many of those people would say that he's changed their life? And again, I'd be one of those. Or from what you know, do you think he was some kind of misguided lunatic that wasn't really in his right mind? The way he spoke, the way he cared for people, the way he untouched the untouchable. Doesn't really fit that definition somehow either, does it? Which, of course, only leaves one option. 
and we're back to square one. And maybe, just maybe, what he said was true. The question of whether or not you or I believe that is the next question we need to then think about. It's time to ask yourself what you believe in, Dr. Jones. It may well be time for you to ask yourself that question, what you believe in. And if you are a Dr. Jones, well, it's not just you. You can put your own name in there as well. Back then to our passage. <clears throat> Don't worry, just clearing the throat. So from verse 47 onwards, we read these words. Very truly, I say to you, the one who believes has eternal life. This is Jesus talking. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply amongst themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Sounds pretty yuck. What he said did not go down very well. Jesus was very often very provocative. They didn't like what they heard. It threw their preconceived ideas into a muddle. And so instead of looking at themselves they and being open to rethinking, note they just walked away and chose to reject who he was and what he was about. I have to say, I see that repeatedly over and over again. When the God that we want doesn't fit our own agenda, or when stuff happens that doesn't fit our preconceived ideas of how we want our God to be like. There's then this, by way of the summary, the climax, the big encore, if you like. Dun, 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 fanfare of trumpets. Verse 60 onwards. On hearing that, many of Jesus' own followers said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Verse 66, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave me too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. So what about you lot, he's saying. Have you had enough? You're going to dismiss? You're going to say no thanks then God? It was left to the usually bull in the china shop guy called Peter to say, well, hang on a minute. To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. It struck me this week, that phrase, that this might sum up both where we're at and what we maybe need to realise. Where else can each of us go? We'll largely help us. There's no cure still for coronavirus. Yet we can do all our cleaning that we can. But we're still pretty stuck and pretty numbed about what's unfolding. We can't each go to God. To this Jesus who would have had to have been God to have done that. Why? Because he has the words of eternal life. The first church born after he died and came back to life changing the lives of thousands. Very quickly said salvation is found in no one else. Acts chapter 4 verse 12. In what seems like ages ago, I mentioned about two people groups, didn't I? 
Those who believe and those who don't. Those who are churching it, those who would say, well, I'm not churching it, except for maybe Christmas and funerals and weddings and that kind of stuff. And what is it that makes all the difference? Both going about doing lots of good deeds right now. There's only one difference, really. Christians aren't any better than anybody else, but they know where to go. And they know who has the words of eternal life. Bottom line, if this Jesus was going to be here in person, complete in sandals and robe, no doubt, and was to ask me, so, Roger, all this coronavirus, can't even say it, and all the tough stuff, all your doubts and all your fears, and all that's what's ahead, are you going to ditch what you believe in? It'd be a fair question. My answer to him? Be easy. Lord, where else can I go? You have the words of eternal life. It's not let me down yet. And I don't think he's likely to in the future. You know, there's a friend of mine who recently lost his dad. What was it that made a difference for his dad? Bruce is going to share about that right now, about his dad and his own reflections upon that. Hello everyone, I recorded the following message a few days ago um, and reflecting on it, there's some things I wanted to say at the end, so you'll find them at the end of the video. I want to share a message of hope. On the 18th of January, my father died. Um, at the time he thought he had pneumonia and that indeed is what was recorded on his death certificate. Um, what has become clear from talking to the doctors is there's a very good chance my father died of the coronavirus which is so harrowing our nation right now and at this time people seem very short of hope and so I wanted to share the difference for my father that being a Christian made as my father died following two nights with me where we prayed and sought God's guidance and and love my father uttered a few words of the Lord's Prayer. Um, he couldn't breathe, so that was hard for him. But his very last word, with his very last breath, was the Amen to our Lord's Prayer, after which my father passed peacefully and went to be with our Lord. My father didn't have any fear or worry about what the future held. He left with a smile on his face, unbelievably, and looking forward to what the future held. So if you have no hope, if you're worried about what the future holds for you, seek the Lord. Seek the hope and the trust and the comfort that comes from him. And like my father, should you find yourself in a position where all hope seems lost, you still have one. I guess it's obvious from what I was saying what a difference it made for my dad. What I didn't touch on was what it meant for me. Um, I was very privileged to be able to give his um, funeral ceremony and that was an amazing feeling, feeling so close to God, so close to my father all at the same time. But more importantly than that, 
the, the strangest thing happened as a result of um, my father's passing. I, I expected to feel sad, and, and I, I have felt sad, but I didn't expect to be free from grief, and yet amazingly I have been. Um, and I think the main reason for that is that I have a complete conviction there will be a time when he and I will be together again. Um, and so rather than a complete separation, rather than a complete loss of hope for me too, there is hope. I hope that one day, and and I'm sure that this is true, one day I will be with my father again and we will be able to live together in an everlasting kingdom with God. Um, so it's more like he's gone on a long journey and I'm really, really looking forward to the day when I can join him where he is. Thank you, Bruce. Really admire uh, somebody speaking so honestly about something that's so recent and so current. Brings the whole focus of what's going on into focus that it really does matter what we believe in. One of the things it's also good to do is to pray. And so we're going to have uh, a short prayer. And now I'd like to encourage you to join us. You can just block out everything else that's going on in your own world. Just listen to these words as uh, um, Millie leads us in that time of prayer now. And if you agree with what she's saying, then that's why we say amen. Amen just means I agree. Thanks, Millie. Let's pray together. Welcome, everyone, for morning prayers. And we are going to commit ourselves to God this morning. Thank you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your great power. And we are committing ourselves into your hands, Father. We are praying, Father, to forgive us, Father, for anything, Father, that we may did wrong, Father, that may hold our prayers. I just want to thank you, Father, as we are committing ourselves into your hands, Father. We just want to pray, Father, to remember every sick father outside, Father, everyone, Father, lying in the hospitals or anybody, Father, who is lying home. We are committing, Father, all of them into your hands, Father. We pray, Father, for their protection, and we are praying, Father, let your hand be upon them, Father. We pray, Father, to give them hope, and give them revelation, Father. We pray, Father, Lord, to lift their faith up because you are the healer. And we know where your name is mentioned, there is hope and there is healing, Father. I just want to thank you, Father, for all key workers together with the doctors, nurses, anybody, Father, who is out there and working hard, Father, during this coronavirus, Father. I am praying, Father, to remember your people, Father. Remember them, Father, with the hard work that we are doing, Father. I am praying, Father, to remember everyone, Father. We just want to thank you, Father, and we are thanking even all churches, Father, who is praying hard, Father, at this time. We are praying, Father Lord, to guide them, Father, not into temptation, 
but we are praying father to gather us together at this time father hear our prayer we pray father to give us your ear and father thank you father because we know you are still at work we just want to thank you and remember all the church leaders father we pray father lord every word they speak father we pray for wisdom we pray for faith and we pray for peace in jesus name father we pray and believe in you amen well we believe that god speaks and works in the here and now and i was quite uh, pleased to receive an encouragement from a lady called nina and nina's a very active member of our own church and she's had an experience this week with alexa you may well have one of those gadgets at home if you're into gadgets this is what nina called me up and shared with us this week have a listen this tuesday i was thinking about our usual outside charity group that we have in church on a tuesday morning i felt prompted to send an email to the leaders to say we were thinking of them and praying for the group i had a very quick response including a query about food share i forwarded it to liz only to find out that they were planning to suspend this ministry I immediately started to reply to Liz when my Roger said, come on, let's do our Bible study. Since Christmas, we've been doing Our Daily Bread online using Alexa. Open Our Daily Bread, said Roger. She did, but as it began, it sounded familiar. We listened all the way through, waited a bit, then tried again. It was still the study from Sunday, which had seemed so apt when we first listened. Entitled, the picture of despair, it talks of the Great Depression and starvation following a failed harvest. Psalm 107 verse 6 says, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. The study finishes, In despair, don't stay silent, cry out to God. He hears and waits to restore your hope. Though he doesn't always take us out of hard situation, he promises to be with us always. We had listened to that message three times. Roger Fratwell often says, if God has something important to say, he often repeats himself. I had to listen. I couldn't stay silent. I phoned, texted, emailed, and most of all prayed. God once spoke through a donkey. Who are we to say he can't speak through Alexa? She has behaved herself ever since and opens the correct day. Alexa doesn't make mistakes, but I believe God moves in a mysterious way. Thanks, Nina. Well, it would be good now to uh, think about our time of celebrations. Thanks for all the comments uh, last week about our chocolate tin uh, that we had. <coughs> Where <sighs> I love this bit. Uh, and of course, several of you, I don't know if you've seen last week, of course, but if you did, uh, you'll know that instead of giving out chocolates for people that have got something to celebrate, well, nobody else was here. So I thought I'd actually um, uh, have the chocolate myself, which was great, but I'd not really thought through what that was going to be like to eat and then also uh, to talk. Uh, so we've got a few um, celebrations this week. I want to just think about the celebrations that we've had uh, coming up. Here we go. 
So we've uh, firstly this week on Monday, it was uh, Morgan's uh, birthday. So some of our uh, camera crew here today are going to actually say thank you very much on behalf of Morgan. Uh, there we go, cameraman uh, number one uh, over there. That's fantastic. As well as Morgan, we know it's Bethany's birthday on Friday. Uh, so Bethany, I know that you were six. So cameraman number two, uh, happy birthday to Bethany. But also it was happy birthday on Friday to Charlene as well. Charlene being unusually privileged as a group of us, uh, a group of us were having a meeting on Zoom and decided to, I was going to use the word musical, maybe not. This is our rendition of a happy birthday to Charlene who turned 40. Have a watch. You've got a video camera out. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Sean. Happy birthday to you. Round of applause for Sean. Today is my 40th birthday and I can't celebrate it with my church family but I wanted to thank you all for the birthday wishes and the cards and the phone calls. Um, let's hope that we can have a party soon and have some cake together. My birthday wishes that you are all safe and that you're really feeling God's love and leaning into his strength and my birthday gift is God's love and I thank, thank him that I have him to uh, lean into and for his support and his unstoppable love. Um, and I just hope you're all safe and well. And thank you. Uh, God bless everyone. Well, there you go. Uh, Charlene was very honest about the fact she said, well, thank you for that, guys. I can honestly say I have never heard anything quite like it so uh take that uh, as you will so that was one of the uh one of the things that happy birthday uh, to charlene coming up this week on april fool's day no comment about that but it's derek's uh, birthday it's also my sister's birthday she's amazing Mwah. happy birthday to my sister trudy but also without giving his age away a happy birthday to Nick Brown as well. So high five there for Nick on this big birthday that you've got. You see, I'm not saying anything about your age at all. Just want to give you online a bit of a high five. And then dear Ivy as well. Oh, actually, we'll be giving the chocolates out. Cameraman number one, cameraman number two. There we go. I forgot that because they finished already. They're a gluttonous lot. Ivy contacted me. Now, Ivy is one of, let's say, the more senior uh, people in our church she said when you do the chocolate celebrations i would like to thank the lord for the many phone calls that i have had i've lost count of them and the emails what a wonderful uh, uh what's wonderful to belong to such a loving christian family that was really really great to hear that from ivy if you've got a celebration over the coming week please do let us know we need your permission uh, to then be able to give that out um, online. But the more the merrier. Let's have a bit of fun in the dishing out of some chocolates. Now we're going to close uh, with something. Uh, because um, we're going to hand over for a message now that comes from the police.
okay, that message may well have been somewhat tongue-in-cheek. Don't stand so close to me. Uh, Those of you of my generation will remember that, I'm sure, by the band, the police. But the message that comes across, of course, is very serious. You'd have seen this on your TV screens, but we want to join forces with the message that's going out, up and down our country about the importance right now for social distancing. This was taken from BBC News just a few days ago. We hope that you take this message to heart and that you put this message out as well. We also hope that if you've watched this and you've liked this, that you shove it out there on Facebook or forward it on to your friends. That'd be absolutely great. Uh, So thank you uh, for watching. Uh, Watch this uh, uh, particular clip and then going to close with a very short prayer. Thank you. Now, of course, we're being uh, told right around the world in so many different countries to stay at home as much as we can and only leave the house if we absolutely have to. Here's why staying at home is so important in all of this. Have a look. A big problem with coronavirus is you can have it and not know about it. It means you can go about your day as you've always done, feel completely fine, but actually infect around two to three people within a week. What happens then is those people you infected go on to infect another two to three people each. And then those people will infect others and that's how the virus spreads. But look at what happens when people stay at home and practice social distancing. For instance, if this person didn't go round to their friend's house, if this person worked from home, if this person didn't go to the corner shop, if this person didn't visit their mum. This reduces the number of cases from 406 to just 15. As the number of cases goes down, so does the pressure on doctors and nurses and on our health service. This will make the difference between people living and people dying. Okay, just time for a short prayer. If you want to find out a little bit more about what we've been talking about, by all means, ask your questions, send in any queries. There'll be a contact address uh, just in and around this page right now where you're looking. It may well be this whole praying thing. You think, what is all that about? Well, we've been given a book that's called Try Praying. There's a website that, and there'll probably be something that maybe comes up on the screen or our uh, website homepage that you can contact this Try Praying, even if you've never done so before, to work out how that connection with him and your maker can occur. It's time to work out what it is that we believe in. We're going to say a short prayer as we close now. God, thank you for this time together. Thank you that there's still time to smile. Help us to be people who are able to share a smile and put a smile on the faces of others. Help us to do our bit, to do those good things, to make those phone calls. We do pray for those people on the front line working so hard on our behalf. We pray for your protection and we pray that for such a time as this, people might not just think of the here and now, but turn to you, to the bigger picture, to invite you to get involved of their own lives and their own pain. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. God bless.